Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. All right, good morning once again. Welcome to Now Church. Glad that you're watching, glad connecting. And uh, we begin a brand new theme this month for April called Wild Waters. Anybody remember Wild Waters when it was out at Silver Springs? Well, we got Wild Waters of the Kingdom. We're going to talk about it this month. We're beginning with the passage about Jesus' baptism from the Message Bible in Matthew chapter 3, and we're going to get right into the Word of God. How about that, okay? Uh, Matthew 3.13 says this, Jesus then appeared, arriving in the Jordan River from Galilee. He wanted John to baptize him, but John objected. I'm the one who needs to be baptized, not you. But Jesus insisted, do it. God's work, putting things right all these centuries, is coming together right now in this baptism. So John did it. The moment Jesus came up out of the baptismal waters, the skies opened. Many scriptures, many of the pastors say the heavens opened. The skies opened up and he saw God's spirit and it looked like a dove descending and landing on him. And along with the spirit of voice, this is my son chosen and marked by my love delight of my life. Next, Jesus was taken into the wild by the Spirit for the test. The water is a gateway to the wild. The water is a gateway to the wild. We'll explain what that means. I want to weave in a little passage from Luke chapter 8. Very practical passage, but it says this in verse 1. Now, it came to pass afterward that Jesus went through every city and village preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the 12 were with him. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward. Sorry, on the front row there when I say Chusa. That's how they say it in Hebrew. Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna. You remember her, right? Oh, Susanna? Anyway. Susanna, many others who provided for him from their substance. Let's pray together one more time. God, would you open the eyes of our heart that we can see what you're doing inside of us and all around us. Immerse us this week, this month, in all of your goodness, in all of your mercy, in all of your grace, because we need it. We need grace. We need more grace. Come and move in that wild water, stirred up inside of us, in Jesus' name, amen. Our new theme this month was inspired by the new um, Elevation album. I was listening to it, just, you know, song after song, and just kind of taking in where Pessonzi did the song Lion today, powerful, powerful song. <clears throat> and um, one of the songs on there is called Water is Wild. Just a little bit of it says this, this is the day of salvation. What a time to be alive. Stop looking for the evidence and start living in the promises. And that thing hit me. Hit me so strong, it's real prophetic. This is the year of his favor. This is the rain we've prayed for. Start living in the promises like you know who your father is. 
Heaven's tearing open, tearing open wide. I feel it down on the inside. Heaven's tearing open. The water is wild. We're going to be focusing this month on two major things. Open heavens and strengthening your identity in Christ. I believe those two things go together. In fact, both are described as part of the baptism of Jesus and reflected in this song. That Jesus, as he obeyed what God said, as he did what he was supposed to do, uh, the New King James says, he did it to fulfill all righteousness. How many know baptism is about leaving your sin under the water? Water baptism, leaving your sin under the water, being immersed in God, coming into a whole new atmosphere, okay? Jesus didn't sin, so he didn't have to be baptized. That's why John the Baptist said, no, you, we got, you got this backwards. You need to be baptizing me. I'm the, I'm the human one. I'm the sinful one. And instead, Jesus said, no, this is God setting some things right. This is God giving a chiropractically heaven, a heavenly adjustment to get some things in place. This wasn't like every other baptism. Jesus did it as an example, but he did it out of obedience to the Father. He wasn't baptized for his own remission of sins because he didn't have any. But he told John the Baptist, this is the fulfillment of scripture. This is putting things right between heaven and a fallen earth. It was just the beginning of setting things right for us. He went to the water of baptism to set that example and also to complete something that was incomplete and create a new righteous standard. You know, there's no substitute for something called obedience. Obedience to the will, the word, timing of God is key to an open heaven. The moment Jesus did that, the moment Jesus went into that water, the Bible says heaven opened and the spirit descended upon him and God spoke. Right there for people that doubt the Trinity, that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're all there in that moment. They're all there together. Jesus fulfilling his, his son of man, fulfilling what God had said and set out for him. The Holy Spirit descending as a dove and the Father speaking and in his voice saying, this is my son. Let me tell you who you are. Let me tell you who he is. He, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. This is the one chosen, set apart for my love. Isn't it interesting that when Jesus was led into the wild, that the test started with, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. If, you're, if you think you're something. Well, we just, we just saw heaven open and we just heard God speak. What more do you need? The enemy comes to put insecurity and fear in moments where God is trying to tell you who you are. The enemy comes in to try to undermine your trust in the living God. Obedience to the will, word, and timing of God is key to an open heaven. You may remember the story of King Saul in the Old Testament, his downfall in 1 Samuel 13. It was through 
incomplete obedience, the Bible says. He, he was given clear instructions to prepare his army for battle against the Philistines and then ultimately to take out the Amalekites, which was an ancient, it was an ancient prophetic word that was given hundreds of years before. And he was supposed to be the one to fulfill it and to utterly destroy him. Do you remember, anybody remember the story when the Amalekites attacked the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and Moses goes up on the mountain and he's holding the rod of God. And as long as his hands were up, as long as his authority was raised, that Joshua fought in the battle and the army was winning. But every time he got tired, his hands came down and they were losing. It was showing that the battles of life are won in the spirit realm. But at that moment, they destroyed the Amalekites. They, they, they defeated them, but they didn't destroy them. God said at that moment, prophetically, hundreds of years before Saul even was born, someone's going to come and utterly destroy them one day because they have attacked my people. And Saul missed his moment, missed the understanding of his ancient destiny and the word of the Lord, missed the prophetic understanding of the whole thing was supposed to take place. And instead, he disobeyed. What were the instructions? He was given clear instructions of two major things. Number one, God said through Samuel the prophet, wait, get your army ready and wait. How many times have we missed it when God said wait? And we said, mm, it seems like it's too long. Maybe it didn't mean wait this long. That's what Saul did. Wait for Samuel the prophet to arrive to offer sacrifices to the Lord and bless the troops, <clears throat> pardon me, and ask for God's help in the battle. That's all he had to do, wait. But the time seemed to go slowly. And Saul said, I'm losing these guys. They're, and Samuel must be late. I'm gonna do it myself. The problem was, when, you, when he came out of his kingly office to presume himself to be a priest and a prophet, that he was doing something that he was, out of, he was out of position to do. He was not anointed for that, nor was he appointed for that. In fact, he was forbidden from it, but he decided, well, I wanna make myself look good in front of everybody. So he decided to offer the sacrifices himself. And as soon as he offered a sacrifice, Samuel showed up. He said, what have you done? What have you done? God was very specific in what I, I gave you, the word of the Lord. I told you what God was saying. Why couldn't you just wait? Sometimes, as Tom Petty said, the waiting is the hardest part. Three people know who Tom Petty is. The second instruction was, God said, I want you to utterly destroy this enemy, including all his cattle and sheep. Take everything out because this is an ancient fulfillment of a prophetic word. It has to come to pass. But he destroyed all the beat up cattle and the beat up sheep and saved the rest. He failed to do either as directed. He presumed something that he didn't have the right to do. And God said, I'm gonna take away the kingdom from you and give it to somebody else in your kingdom. That's when David was raised up, young David. Saul argued that he wanted, <clears throat> when, listen to this, this is a good one. 
when Samuel said, why did you do this? Why did you offer sacrifices? I mean, it's bad enough you, you, you offered them up, but why did you then, why do I hear the sound of bleeding of sheep? Why do I hear the sound of the animals that were supposed to be taken out? Samuel says, well, I wanted to offer more sacrifices to God. This is, this, is for the, this is for the people who begin to worship money and get their eyes on money and off of God. And God says, what are you doing? You say, well, I just wanted to give more. God knows if that's real or not real because the word of God discerns the thoughts and intents of our heart. God bless you if you wanna be a big giver, that's awesome. But don't make money your God and then try to tell God it's for his benefit. It's not true. God wants us to open heaven with something called obedience. Samuel responded at this moment. In fact, this is interesting because Samuel, the moment he knew he was in trouble, he leans into to, to Samuel and Saul, Saul says to Samuel, please, at least make me look good in front of the people. At least make me look good. Can we put a good spin on it? Can I give it to my press secretary? And that's when Samuel utters the words that most people know today in 1 Samuel 15, 22 and 23, obedience is better than sacrifice. You know, it's possible to have the right words and the wrong spirit. Doesn't have the right words to say the right things, <clears throat> but to have the wrong spirit and, and, and actually not fulfill what God has called you to do or to, to say or to be or to become. Obedience is better than sacrifice. God wants you to just simply obey what he says. In fact, I love it from the first, first Samuel 15, 23 from the message says this, not doing what God tells you is far worse than fooling around with the occult. You, know, you might know that from the New King James as um, that uh, uh, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Not doing God tells you is far worse than fooling around in the occult. Getting self-important around God is far worse than making deals with your dead ancestors. And you know how God feels about the occult, right? Because you said no, this is what Samuel says to Saul. Because you said no to God's command, he says no to your kingship. He says no to you. Hear me, please. There is no substitute for simply doing what God tells you to do when he tells you to do it. There's no substitute. There's no substitute. You can't, you, you, can, you can repent for wrongdoing when you miss it. But don't presume God's gonna bless rebellion when you're trying to do what you wanted to do and make it look like God said to do it. Do the very next thing he speaks to your heart. Just step out in faith. I heard a recent story. I was talking with a Christian businessman the other day. Guy came to do some work for me. He doesn't go to our church but he's a spirit-filled believer, and he's telling me this story. A young woman fully surrendered her heart to the Lord and cried out to be used supernaturally by God. 
vowing to do anything. God, I'll do anything. Just use me. Have you ever been in that place? God, just do whatever. Just use me. Just do something great in me and through me. I want to help people. God, I want to serve you. Just use me, Lord. She cried out to God. A few days later, she was driving down the road, and she felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit inside, sensing that God told her to do something ridiculously crazy. This is what she heard the Holy Spirit say to her heart. Pull over into that little store, get out of your car, and stand on your head. Well, you either got to be crazy or nuts or hear from God. But she said, God, I'll do anything. Maybe this is a test. So she pulled over the car, went to the front of that little store, got on her head. She thought it was odd, but she quickly obeyed. And just as she was doing her holy headstand, a young lady ran out the door and started screaming with joy and excitement, saying, I, I, you won't believe this. I was just in the back of the store praying. I don't, I, I'm trying to see if God is real, and, I, and I'm crying out to God, asking if he was real. He would do something wild to confirm himself to me. She said, God, if you're real, let someone come up to the front of this store to stand on their head. And she said to the girl, and here you are. God's kingdom is a wild kingdom. God's kingdom is it's different. Listen, to obey God sometimes is to do something strange. And I don't mean just be a wacko. I just mean, there, there are some moments where God will tell you to talk to somebody. Listen, the story of the Ethiopian eunuch, he's reading the Bible in the book of Acts. He's in a little carriage and he's going through the wilderness, through the desert. And all of a sudden, Philip, one of the, one of the deacons in the church, the early church, heard the spirit of God say, go up and listen to him. Listen in on his conversation. Holy eavesdropping. A lot of you do that anyway. <laughs> and he gets up close and he hears the guy reading the Bible. He's reading, I think, from Isaiah or something. He's reading the Bible. And, and Philip says, do you know what you're reading? Like, do you understand it? He said, no. Do you know it? He said, yeah. He gets in the chariot, leads him to Jesus, they, they're in the desert, mind you. They pass a little tiny oasis and there's a puddle of water. And the Ethiopian eunuch, he just got saved. He goes, I want to get baptized. We don't even know how, he, if, you know, if he gave him the, you know, here's why you need to be baptized. They're in the desert. And Philip says, pull the chariot over. We'll baptize you right now. You see, sometimes just listening to the right thing being in the right place at the right time, having compassion for somebody, or standing on your head in front of a store. Whatever it takes, God can use you. But you can't think that this water inside of us is religious water. You can't think it's traditional water. You can't think it's just normal. Well, I wouldn't do anything unusual. Listen, one of the reasons the religious people fail to recognize Jesus 
is because he was so different than they expected the Messiah to be. He wasn't religiously domesticated. He wasn't always compliant to the culture around him, especially, or to the traditional expectations of the religious Pharisees. Jesus picked grain to eat on the Sabbath. He hung out with and even ate with known sinners. Enjoyed a meal with a tax collector. That was forbidden in those days. Might be still forbidden now. Apparently enjoyed a nice meal and an occasional glass of wine. He often spoke to women with bad reputations, even ministered to them, healed them, and cast demons out of them. These women even joined this team of disciples in a time when women were thought of as second-class citizens, when they had no rights at all. Jesus liberated them. These people supported his ministry. These women were the first ones who discovered he had risen from the dead and gave testimony when they couldn't even testify in a court of law in those days. Jesus, Jesus. I want to give you a definition for wild for this month. Wild, wild. Wild is to be untamed, ferocious like a lion or barbaric, or very excited, or in a frenzy, like the crowd went wild. Ferocious. More like a lion than a kitty cat. People want to picture Jesus as the suffering servant on the cross. Or you've seen the picture, the the rendering of Jesus where he looks kind of sad. That's not my Jesus. I'm sure it was tough. All of his sacrifices. But what he did required the strength of a lion. Not the kitty cat that everybody wants to think. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah and Judah is praise. Your praise releases his lion nature. Your praise releases, like on the next week we'll celebrate Palm Sunday as the people lifted up their palm branches and said, Hosanna, Hosanna to the king. The first recognition and the first worshiping of Jesus publicly He gets off that donkey and goes into the house of God and turns over tables. Why? Because it released something of his ferocity, something of his untamed, undomesticated nature when we released him, when they released him through their worship and when we released him here this morning. God wants to fight your battles. He wants to be invited in. He cares about what you care about. He cares about your victory, he cares about your strength. He fights for you. The Old Testament and New Testament indicates that our God is a warrior. The Lord is his name. He trains our hands to war and our fingers to fight. I told you two and a half years ago, in 2019, December, that I felt God said, we're coming into the roaring 20s. Not just because 100 years ago was called the roaring 20s but we're coming into the roaring 20s and our God is gonna roar. Our God is gonna speak. 
Our God is going to prophesy. Our God is going to move supernaturally. The lion will roar in the spirit. By the way, roaring in the spirit is not like slapping someone in the face who says something you don't like about their wife. Sorry, everybody else is talking about it. Where there's a will, there ain't no way. But anyway, sorry. Finally, this, the first principle of establishing strong identity is understanding who Jesus is. In Matthew 16, Jesus sits with his disciples and says, who do the people think that I am? They said, well, some think you're John the Baptist. Some think you're a prophet come back to life. But then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon blurted out as usual, you're the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus responded, blessed are you, Simon, because you didn't learn that from a textbook or a seminar. It was revealed to you from God, my Father. And I also tell you who you are, Simon. And that word Simon in the Greek literally means he has heard. He has heard. He has heard. As in revealed hearing. He heard what God said. I tell you who you are, Simon, he has heard. Because you have heard, you are now Peter, Petros, a large piece of rock. And on this rock, Petra, a rock like Gibraltar, a revelation that God can still speak today, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. My friends, when you can hear and you can see what God is saying and what God is doing, the lion is moving, the lion is speaking, revelation knowledge is flowing. When your spiritual blindness is removed and your spiritual eyes are opened by the Holy Spirit, and only then will you recognize who you really are. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? You're the Christ. That's right, and let me tell you who you are. Let me set and establish. Jesus obeyed God, went into the baptism waters, and heaven opened, and God spoke as the Spirit descended and said, let me tell you who this is. This is my Son, in whom I'm well pleased. For those of you who think that God is just a God that wants to beat you when you mess up, wants to condemn you when you sin, you don't know. You don't know that. Our God is not a condemner. Our God, the con- condemnation was put on his son to go to the cross at Calvary and take that condemnation that there might be now, therefore, no condemnation for those in Christ. If you're found in Christ, Don't let the devil beat you up anymore. Don't let the enemy put on you all of your failures and all your sin and all the things you keep repeating history. Repent and grow and talk to him and give him your heart and life. Notice that the recognition of who Jesus is and who you are is not a one-time revelation. Peter had to be reminded over and over again. My friends, once you're born again, receiving Jesus into your heart, your true identity is less about yourself than you realize. It's not about you. 
I read something the other day. said uh, the words in the middle of the word sin is the letter I. Because everything in sin begins with yourself. I, 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 I. Everything when you get selfish, that's what sin nature does. You kind of clamp down and take something. But Colossians 3 says this from the Message Bible. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He is your life. You want to know who you are? You want to get solid in that? Keep focusing on who Jesus is. Keep focusing on getting to know him and getting getting to know him more intimately. Keep pursuing him. Keep leaning into him. Keep putting him first. He'll clarify and keep reminding you who you are and why you're here and you'll move forward. Let's pray together one more time. Father, thank you for your word today. Lord, we ask you to establish your people in their identity in Christ this month. Lord, teach us and remind us what you've done for us in the power of your sacrifice. Today, Lord, we give you our whole hearts afresh. We surrender even to the point of doing something silly this week. Whatever it takes, speak to our hearts. If you tell us to go to the right, we'll go to the right. If you tell us to go to the left, we'll go to the left. If you tell us to go straight, we'll go straight. Lord, you said in your word in Isaiah that the Holy Spirit would be behind us saying, this is the way to go, either this way or that way. That you would speak to our hearts and lead us You said the steps of a righteous person are ordered of God. Lead us in every step. Lead us in every moment. Help us to be led by the Spirit because we know that your word says that those who are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. As we're obedient to you, would you continue to open heaven over us and pour out such blessing there won't be room enough to contain it. Establish us in your love. We want to know you, Lord. We want to know you more than ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, this is a day of salvation. Don't put aside, don't, don't, when, when the Spirit of God is moving on your life, part of the way we talk about it as water, water has a flow to it. There's scriptures about fountains that when an angel would come and stir up the fountain, If somebody jumped in, they'd get a miracle. I'm telling you, when you come to church, if you come ready for the waters to be stirred, both around you and in you, and ready to jump into what God is saying and doing at a moment's notice, you'll get your miracle too. God is a healer. He's a miracle working God. He's a way maker. You can trust him with everything you have, but you gotta give him your whole heart. He's not gonna just take it. You have to surrender it to him. And then you have to be willing to walk it out obediently one step at a time, one moment at a time. You have to be willing to just, yes, God, whatever you say to do, I'll do it. I think of my own fervor in my life after I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I got so much fire. My wife will tell you back in the days when we had home phones, Every time we had a wrong number call, I led them to Christ. I turned the, I turned the whole conversation saying, 
Well, maybe you didn't call by accident. Maybe it wasn't a mistake. Maybe you need something. And I turned it to just pray for somebody. Almost every time, I embarrassed my wife to no end. But after a few people gave their lives to the Lord, she was like, even if it's the wrong number, you'll get it. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Can't tell how many times I've been in a, a restaurant or a place and God just says, just talk to that person. Just say hello. Or just ask how their day is going. I get so many life stories. I get so many people just, just tell me stuff I don't even want to know. Just be a vessel this week. Because God's love is flowing through you. His wild water is flowing through you. Amen? Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.